When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 130 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. It's been a while. It's been a been a few weeks, unfortunately. I've, I've been on, well, fortunately for me, I've been on holiday. Unfortunately for our listeners, I've been on holiday. It was the first time three and a half years after COVID. So it was nice, nice to get away. Um, just took off just as, as the full time whistle went to Goodison Park when we beat Manchester United. So that was that was nice knowing I was going away on whenever I went. Uh, and and what does pick up a point at home to Leicester in a game that really, you know, we 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 wanted what well, we would said on paper. We we need to really we need to really win. Um, but Everton four points last couple of games, a little bit of positivity going into arguably the the, the most daunting task of the season. I think going to Anfield, um, a game we weren't expected to win, a game we haven't won, a game we haven't got anything from. But that doesn't tell the whole story, as we know. Um, we're going to go into that straight away. But before we do, little introduction uh, back on the show again. I think, I think it's your third time, Jim. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Jim Keoghan, author of many, many excellent Everton books and other, other footballing literature, uh, which, again, we'll put out the Amazon link uh, after, after the show. Uh, well, welcome on, back onto the show, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always great to have you on. Uh, unfortunately... It's not in particularly positive circumstances as we as we speak. Everton dropped into the bottom three before the game against Liverpool after Burnley won again. Um, very very difficult situation at the moment, Jim. Um, what what's what what's your what's your gut feeling at this moment in time in terms of how things are looking for the remainder of the season? Do you see Everton staying up? Yeah, no. To be honest, I think. Um... And I think if you, if you asked me that a few weeks ago, I'd have thought that um, you know Burnley were the more likely to drop probably because their form was really poor. But they seem to have responded to a, a a managerial change really well. They're playing teams who who have got nothing to play for pretty much. I think apart from Spurs, they've beaten Wolves today who had something to play for. Uh, we've still got hard games. Um, I think the, thing, the frustrating thing is, I think uh, like this this version of Everton, like Lampard's Everton, are probably not a relegation side. They're not very good, but you, you, you kind of think if he'd been in charge the whole season, we wouldn't be in this position. But we've been, I mean, our, our season's been ruined by, the, I think, the appointments of Benitez. And although Lampard's certainly not been flawless, he hasn't, and he's certainly made mistakes, I feel like this team isn't that bad. It's probably a, a mid-table to bottom half team. It's not a relegation team, but I don't think he's going to have enough time to kind of really 
turn things around, unfortunately. And you and you look at our running, you look at Burnley's, you look at kind of the, their their current form. You know, anything's possible, and we've still got a chance to kind of um, to save ourselves. But kind of in your gut, the idea of being of Everton being relegated just seems more certain now than it has been at any other point in the season. I think. Yeah, certainly. I said to the lads during the game, I, I, I felt even a hard time today after you know a spirited first half performance. I felt sick watching the game today, and and you know we didn't expect to go there and get anything. To be honest, we, we didn't. I think that that result, um, obviously, Burnley's result before today's game certainly impacted me, and as a, you know, probably impacted a lot of people. If, if they come out of that game and they've lost it, they're still in the bottom three. It helps us as fans and helps the players, you know. And and to be fair, you know, to be fair to the players, you know, we're going to go into it in a second. I thought they they give a decent account of themselves in terms of, you know, the, how limited we are. I'm, I'm you know, we're 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 so much, you know, we're, we're so inferior to, to Liverpool. That's just the, the honest truth. They're so much better in every single area. But Everton did well. Thought probably typically one of Lampard's better setups. I thought everyone knew the job. Given, you know, bearing in mind Ben Godfrey before the game pulls up in the warm-up, yet again another player who, who's getting injured due to starts and, and gets pulled out. You know, and I think everyone everyone did a did a decent job. But I think that Bernie result has really, really impacted things. And I know I know Lee, you're you're a little bit different because you tweeted before the game after the Bernie results about listen, you know, we still got obviously before today seven games to go. We we, we still got games in hand, you know, let's just have some positivity. What what are you feeling? After today's game, have, have things changed, or are you still trying in, in that in that particular mindset? No, you, you've got to be positive. You've got to be positive. Um, if we go down, we go down. You know what I mean? I mean, it'd be horrendous. But you know, in the, the day, you, you, you've, Lampard will be saying the same to the lads in the changing room, won't he? You know, at the end of the day, we've got to be positive in the face in the face of adversity here. You know, we've got we've got six games to play to play, eighteen points to play for now. And you know, for me, arguably, if we can get nine from those from those eighteen available, I think that should be enough. Um, look, it's not going to be easy. Jim's right. I mean, I totally agree with what you said there, mate. I think that Lampard's Everton here is probably around about a mid-table side. He's inherited a, he's inherited a mess. We know that. He's been he's been unfortunate with a few key injuries as well. Um, and you know, we've had some good results. We've had some poor results. You know, okay. Sky and everyone else and the press try and focus on the negatives about the away form, but that that the away form was horrendous before he took over. The home form has been pretty decent. I think I'm right in saying he's is it six from eight? He's winning all comps um, at home um, or around that figure there or thereabouts. So you know he's he's fixed the home form if you like. Um, it's just the away form is is, is is which has been absolutely shocking. We've won one game at Brighton all season, and that was back in September time, wasn't it? So. Um, August even, it's even worse. But I mean, but no, overall we've got we've got to remain positive, lads. We've got to. I thought overall today that they put in a real good, real good performance. You know, considering you know the hands we've been dealt, no Van der Beek, no Gomez, uh, Rumina was unable to play. You know, two games in a few days. Um, you know, then like you said, Mike Godfrey in the warm up. Um, but I thought Lampard got the tactics tactics spot on today. That, that's how for me that if you're an inferior team in which most teams are now in Europe, never mind the Premier League, that's how you get a result at Anfield. Or, you, know, you try and get a result at Anfield, sorry. Um, you know, Inter Milan showed the blueprint a few weeks ago. They went there, played very similar, uh, but when they countered, they countered with quality. 
Now, at times today, we showed some absolute quality in terms of Gordon bursting away from people. We just didn't quite have that sort of guile or, you know, that ball that you look at Hamish Rodriguez's ball there last season, for example. There was no one quite in the team who was able to open him up. But, you know, decision-making, whatever you want to call it. But overall, I thought they gave a good account of themselves today. Every Everton fan out there now can be proud of their team. OK, look, they've lost. But they can't turn around and say that we didn't try and put a shift in. If you lose games to quality, you lose games to quality. If you lose games to effort, like United did there the other day, which was embarrassing, it's a different story, isn't it? What, what are your thoughts, Pete? Um, obviously, you, you said you said it was a half time. Um, obviously, how we played, and you know, even even looking back and, and trying to reflect so quickly, we still there's still a belief there that, that we did, didn't we? You know, like, like I said, the setup was 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 right for the game, and the players acquitted themselves well. How are you feeling now immediately post-match? I, I mean, it, it's a strange one because the elephant in the room for me is, is the penalty. Mm. We, yeah, we were brilliant first half. I thought we were absolutely excellent. And, you know, after the, the first half had ended, I said to you lads, you know, of course, it's going to be a tall order to get a similar performance out of the next 45. But that was the game changer for me. I, I, you know, when you don't get a decision like that, you know what that what that must do psychologically. You know it's already an uphill battle, but playing, you know, a side like Liverpool in the form that that they're in away from home, like with Lisa, with all the things that we've got going against us, we're already going into the game a wounded animal. But then when the, the referee bottles a decision like that, you know where do you go? Where do you go from there? And I, I think after that, well, certainly for me, I was watching the game thinking, well, it's just a matter of time now. It's just a matter of time before either they get another daft decision, or one of the players that we've already got, you know, have got booked gets a, another soft yellow. You, you could just feel that, you know, from there at some point something daft, you know, would would happen that would give them a goal. And um, you know, they got two really scrappy, fluky goals um, that you can't really put down to. I don't think you know individual errors or you know defensive setup. But you know, for, for me, it all it all comes from not getting those decisions. And you know, yes, he got a correct yellow for for the dive, but there was also another shove on the back from Alexander Arnold in a in a similar position where we should have had, should have had a free kick on the corner of the box that again just bizarrely wasn't given. And I know you've got to expect these things when you go to Anfield, but when you're in the position we're in, it it just sort of adds uh, salt to the wound. Isn't that the problem, though, Pete? You say there we, we've got to expect these things. So not to expect anything. What we what we should expect is a referee who's competent in 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 his profession, with the right support from VAR to get in his ear and say, "Listen, you've missed that. Hold the game. We need to look at that." Because you know, the, the push on on Anthony Gordon from Alexander Arnold, first of all, so the one outside the box is a foul. It's a blatant foul. It's obvious. It's not. It's not even a case of, oh, there wasn't enough contact to go down. He's being shoved. He's running the pace. He's going to go down. That that was blatant. Throw, throw us in the mix then. Obviously, he's been booked for diving after that, hasn't he? So he's done himself no favours there. And I was, listen, it's a dive, rightly booked, totally agree. We then go to the second half, and we're going to discuss the melee, by the way, the first half in a second. We then go to the second half when Gordon, you know, gets shoved again from Massive. I mean, we were just saying we, before we started recording, go back, rewind to when Dominic Cavalier got a shove in the back that time. And we won a penalty and, and, and Wayne Mooney scored the goal. Now, when you were saying, Jim, weren't you, that 
if you look at the one on Andy Gordon's a day compared to that, the one today was worse. So there's... Yeah, yeah, definitely much yeah. worse. Much worse. I mean, much more obvious a foul, and yet like, nothing. Nothing at all. Not a review. Uh, it's just, you know, it must be great to be, uh, Liverpool, <clears throat> to be a Liverpool fan when you go into games with that level of advantage where you can, you can, you know, poke players in the eye, where you can give away pens that aren't called, where you can push people in the back and be the last man and not get a red card. You think someone put on Twitter, like, it's been like 14 months since Liverpool have uh, conceded a penalty at Anfield. It, and it's obvious why, because penalties mm. just aren't given there. It's... They, they go into the season with this natural advantage over other clubs. I mean, they are they're an exceptional football team, and they you know they will beat most teams in that league. But it must be fantastic to think that you can do all these things. You can you can you can foul people. You can push people over. I think um, when the club said he, he wants his teams to be legally aggressive, well, that's great if the laws don't apply to you because you can do what you want, and that's what Liverpool do. But every game. You know, it's a multitude of like little, uh, little and bigger aggressions against uh, other teams that just don't get called. I think it's, it's no wonder they do so well. You think about, I mean, imagine our season if we could get away with murder every single game. There's no way we'd be in the position we are now. It's um, they just, you know, I don't even think it's just a big six thing. I think Liverpool more than most teams benefit from this at home. And it's it, it's incredible that uh, the level of uh, officiating that happens. Granted, to the point like where where you say you you expect nothing, but you should expect something. It should be fair. It should be, you know, no matter what happens, what game is where it takes place, the official should be fair. But they they evidently not. It's it's just weird how it's allowed to continue. Well, this this was the reason VAR was well, you know, apparently brought in, wasn't it, to try and cut out these sort of ridiculous decisions. And for me, unless we hear the conversation, I've said this a million times between the two referees. One in Stockley Park, the one in the, the one on, on the on the pitch. You never, you never ever going to be able to get complete clarity. And I agree with you there, Jim. I mean, look for a start, we all know it was a pen. Carragher, the most biased commentator out there, even said it was a pen, even though he had to watch it four times to eventually come out and say it. And and everybody knew it was a pen. Everybody knew it was a pen. It was clumsy. Matic's got the wrong side, and he's pushed him with his arms. It's not even shoulder to shoulder. And the fact that the, the camera then, the next bit of play is that Liverpool are in our box. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, referee's got to stop the game here. Goal kick, right, hold on, I'm going to, this has got to be reviewed. We've got to look at this from different angles. It wasn't even done. Five seconds later, they were literally in our box, ready, ready to uh, have a counter-attack. And I, I just think it's, it's absolutely shambolic, that, because Pete's right, nil-nil. That that was the game changer, really, there. Look, we were in the game, it was, you know, got to 60 minutes without really looking that they were going to score. Yes, they raised the tempo second half. Yes, they brought on substitutions, particularly Diaz, who's a threat. Um, you know, the Origi thing, as I said before to you boys, it's absolutely comical. I mean, he's worse than Rondon for me. And, and Liverpool fans know it, but he obviously seems to find a way of scoring. But again, like Pete said, there were two absolutely scruffy as hell goals. If you look at that first one, Salah's played it into his feet. Nice little layoff. He's not even looked up. He's not looked up. He just put it in an area. And unfortunately, Gray's not tracking Robertson. Gray's just ball watching a little bit, and and it, you know it's gone in. And it's 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 fortuitous goal really because he's not picked him out. And obviously the second one, he's just you know scuffed it into the ground on a scissor volley, and, he, and it's happened to fall on his head. So you know sometimes in footy, you, you know it can be a cruel game. You need a bit of luck in football, and we didn't get that Anfield today. And, and obviously it doesn't help when you've got officials like that who are 
and the, the correct adjective is bottled it completely and utterly bottled it bottled it absolutely bottled it and i couldn't i couldn't believe they didn't even uh you know have a proper full review of it either yeah there, there was there was many i mean we've mentioned obviously the situation around Andy gordon we made a little reference there to eye gouging and you know i don't want it, it i hate it when we have to look back on games and we spend 50 60 percent of our time discussing the refereeing performance because what I hate blaming results on referees, on officiating, but we've seen it too often this season for Everton, and we've mentioned it on previous shows. You know, you, you want to go back to to Brentford, Man City, Newcastle. You know, the, the, these games where big, big decisions uh, have gone against Everton, but, but basic, basic, you know, not difficult decisions, but basic decisions to make, and have gone against us. You look at today, and okay, Liverpool won the game two 0 and all the reds are in our comments. You know, I've made reference to the Liverpool man the match being the referee today. And they're all in the comments saying, I think uh, I think you'll find that uh, we won the game because we scored two goals. Yeah, you scored two goals. But the point is, you could have, or you should have been down to 10 men. We should have had a, we had a snowball penalty turned down. And big situations like that change games. So the game wouldn't have been played out in the same manner if we get a penalty, if they got a man sent off. It just wouldn't have happened. And this is what Wofford states me. I mean, the situation around when the Corey gets booked. So Richarlison's down and you've got, you know, we've got Sky's fan zone where it was apparently on today with Jamie Carragher screaming at Richarlison to get up, get up, get up. But he clearly turns his ankle and yards his knee when he goes in for a tackle. That I saw that sitting in my living room, you know, and... That's the thing. He's he's in the ground. He's a Liverpool supporter. He's getting all emotional. His voice is getting high, more, you know, even more high pitched by the by the second because Richardson is down on the floor. Now Richardson is the king of winding people up. Don't get me wrong. And Richardson in the past has stayed down. You know, he, he stayed down when he had the ball clear, and I, he had, you know, he wasn't he not there himself, but he was wasting time. I get all that, but you can't as a commentator be squealing about things like that when you're meant to be sitting there impartially commentating on the game. And obviously it leads to the melee when Decore uh, puts, a, puts a tackle in. And you've got Manny, you know, coming over. He was a, he eye-gouged on Mason Holgate and then shoves a land in the face, all in the space of about, what, seven, eight seconds maybe? Now, there was none of, you know, like this has gone to VAR, have, have a little look for a red card. There was none of that. There was no question of that. And nothing's been made of it. Nothing. They won't sit there and go through the big decision today and say, well, oh, you know, that should have gone to VAR. There should have been more done about that. Frank Lampard will come out and he'll say, not being funny, should have been a red card, should have been down to 10 men. There was no good. But look what's happened. We got an apology from the Premier League. And since then, we've had even worse decisions gone against us. So it won't change. But there's, there's, a, there's a basic issue here with the standard of officiating with the teams who seem to be getting the, the rubber of the green more often than not. Like you said, Jim, you know, Liverpool, probably more than most teams, get it quite often. And, you know, where, where is it costing us, you know, quite a few points when we, we desperately need them? It's given, given those points to, to other sides and, you know, help, helping them out. But, I mean... It's well, the, re- the referee. Sorry, mate. The, ref- the referees caused that melee, by the way, by basically bad officiating. He didn't control the game. Lost mm. complete control of it. Richarlison. Look, we all know Richarlison. He's South American. You know we, the histrionics. We all know that. Sometimes it frustrates us. Sometimes 
sometimes he has to do that to get a free kick, by the way, because he gets kicked everywhere in a lot of games. But um, the referee lost complete control there. Yes, I know it's, if it's not a head injury, he does, you know, he doesn't have to stop the play. But, you know, nine times out of ten there, you know, we see it all the time. They still, they still stop the play. And then Decore's had to kick, kick him, to, you, know, you know. And he runs over to Decore, like, like right in his face, like a 70s rep. And, like, literally ran, you know, right, right in his face. Like, you know, it's like I was watching a Mexican World Cup or something. You know what I mean? And then you, see, you suddenly see that. And then also that causes the melee then because everyone comes flying in. And then, you know, I didn't see the Mane thing at first. But then the irony is there. If Holgate goes down and holds his face, they have to review it. And they review it. He probably sends him off. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's embarrassing. Players almost have to, you know, go down. Like Henderson, like, you know, like I couldn't even believe that at the end there, the way he was going. He was only on the pitch two minutes. He's trying to get people sent off. Going down and literally like he's broken his leg. You almost have to do that now in order for VAR to take it seriously. And 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 it it just it just gets worse and worse and worse. And look, at the end of the day, look, we came into this game. Let's be honest. Most 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 fans, I don't care how staunch you are, would have been thinking, look, this this is the, the level of a play a playing at at the minute. This could be a hammering. And to be fair, we gave a good account of ourselves. And and we you know we've conceded two scruffy goals. On another day, we may have got that pen and had something to hold on to. We didn't. But we move on now. We have six games, as I said, eight, eighteen points to play for. If we turn it like that against Chelsea next week, set up like that, be hard to beat, resilient. Chelsea aren't great shakes at the minute. They're all over the show. Tuchel's lost his head a little bit as well. I, I think we can we can potentially get something there as well, even if it's a point. But those three games in the week coming up, as we all know, they're the crucial games, whether whether we'll stay up or go down for me. Yeah. I, it's it's what I mean, I'm I'm sick and tired of looking at, at games and saying we'll pick up, you know, a couple of points there, three points there, point there. It's so difficult to try and, you know, there's so few games left now and we find ourselves in the bottom three, which is a is, is a horrible place to be. But I mean, before we obviously look look ahead of things like that, just on the game itself and and, and trying to if we can not get involved with the with the referee inside of things. If we look at the game piece, you know, we look at there was moments, wasn't there? There was moments that we had that the core eight chance first half where you thought, you know, they should have done a bit better for me, to be honest with you. You look at the Demari Gray one, I think it was a one nil when he's put it, you know, great efforts, put it maybe a, a foot, a foot or so wide. Anthony Gordon dragged one across the keeper when maybe he should have done better. You know, we we, we had we had chances. It wasn't as if we, we went there and and literally sat there for 90 minutes and didn't cause any kind of threat because I think we did. And that's got to be maybe a positive that we can take from the game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. For, for 60, 65 minutes, we, we have the, the better of the chances um, than Liverpool. You know, yeah, they had, of course, they had a lot more more of the ball, but we had some really clear chances. And I, I don't think you can be too you know, harsh on you know, Decore or, or, or Gordon or, um, or Damari Gray for, for their efforts because... You know, under pressure, not a lot of time on the ball, difficult chances. Um, you probably wouldn't say we had anything clear cut, but yeah, there was lots of really positive attacking play, and it feels something we're all maybe touching on today is that Frank Lampard is consistently putting out very well trained, um, very well organised football teams, and generally in the Premier League, with the quality that we've got in our team, it it would be enough. To, to certainly at least keep us up. Um, but for, for me, it, it's the worry of the psychological impact now of being in the bottom three. Um, you know, do we have the players that can, 
I suppose, step up to that now. You know, Burnley, you know, they're used to being in this position, aren't they? This isn't particularly new for them. Um, I'm not saying that they've got a better better side than us, but you, you wonder, you know, psychologically having players that, you know, season in, season out have been in that position that know how to manage it, know to scrape through, you know, have we got those characters and, you know, how are our squad going, you know, going to adapt? And I think the loss of Calvert-Lewin has been huge. I think there's so much pressure on Richarlison to, you know, to come up with goals and, I think, like Lee said, that the way the opposition teams tend to set up against him is to, to wind him up and hurt him and stop him from playing. And he's what was he five foot ten, five foot eleven? Um, so I, I think he has a, a difficult task for us uh, most weeks, where you know the ball's getting pumped up to him. And I, I think there is promise, but I, I think it's between us and Leeds. To be honest, I, I think Burnley will. Just continue to rise up the table, but if you look at after Leeds play Palace, I think they've got is it City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Mm. I think roughly around the same time that we go in to our well, our, our sort of next three of um, Chelsea, Leicester away, and then is it uh, Watford away? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's certainly worth certainly worth a discussion to be honest because what we what we what we've tried to be. All the time, we have every record this side to be as positive as we possibly can, and it's again we've never found ourselves in this position since we started recording this show over over three years ago. We've been through it a couple of di- um, difficult periods, but we've got to try and look for for some kind of positivity. Um, and and today today we've seen shoots of of positivity. We can say that against a very very strong side, we we, we feel hard done by uh, because of the. The, the poor refereeing decisions, and just to quote, just to quote Frank Lampard, who's who's been interviewed after the game, he said, "Well, it's a penalty in the second half. You don't get them here. If it's most solid at the other end, it's a penalty." So that's that tells you all that you need to know about what the mind yet is uh, is thinking. He he obviously we've been there before. Frank Lampard has called out the officials before. We've had apologies in the past, um, and like I said, we've had we've, we've continued to have poor. Of poor decisions made post post apology, so it means very little. We can't take anything from that, but we've got to say, you know, can we find some positivity somewhere? Can we, you know, can we look at other teams and and see what what they what they've got to do to, to stay in the league? And I think it's I think it's worth a chat about that. So we're a leader that I'll be there, and you know, I don't want to, as I say, don't want to dwell on things too much. Difficult game, massively hard done to in in our opinion. Did okay, set up was decent, and you know we've we've got a job on our hands now to stay in the Premier League, and we're going to have a have a short break, and we're going to discuss where we think we could we could maybe gain on these teams over the next the next few weeks. So we're back in about thirty seconds. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Saints podcast, and like I said, you know I, I predicting things. I hate looks. I hate looking at where we can get points and you know where we might struggle and things like that. But we've got to try and find something. And, and like like Pete said before the break, you know, we're looking at Burnley, who, who certainly now started to pull up. You know, they've, they've sat Sean Dyson over one of two ways, doesn't it? Either they, they fall apart, you know, with a lack of leadership or it galvanises the squad. And, and it certainly, certainly galvanises the squad, by all accounts. One again, beat Wolves today after beating Southampton. Uh, obviously, they've beaten ourselves. If that goes another way, we're not talking about it, are we? But... 
um, they would decide that we are still closest to as we speak today. Um, but we've had a chat already around their fixtures, and, and Jim Jim mentioned earlier as well about the playing the playing side. You've got nothing to play for. I mean, if, if we look at look at their fixture list, Jim, just to have a quick chat on Burnley. Big, I mean, I say big game. Watford haven't won for quite for quite a few a few weeks, but Watford away next um, next weekend for Burnley before playing Villa, Tottenham, Villa again, and then they finish off with a home game against Newcastle. And like you said, out of those sides, who's who's playing for anything? And it's Spurs, you know, who's the, the third game for them. Newcastle much improved, you know, they, they they look very very good at the moment, picking up points. But you, you don't see Burnley, you know, looking at they've got fifteen points to play for. If you're looking at those games, what, what are you thinking in terms of points total for Burnley there? It's hard to say. I mean, they, I mean, I think you, you can confidently say they, they will pick up points. I mean, it, whether they'll get four wins from that, I mean, that, that's very possible. I mean, Villa aren't, aren't in good form, got nothing to play for at all, really. That could be two wins. Watford are terrible at the moment. That could be nine points there. And then the last game of the season, if you're playing somebody... At Newcastle, you don't really care, and their heads are on the beach already. That could be another three points. So I mean, you know, bear in mind they kind of the, the, the kind of the recent form Burnley are in, and that run of fixtures. I mean, seeing as they are, you know, potentially our main rivals in this fight, I think they're going to do okay. So it's you know, again, it comes down to us really. Everton, I don't know how much we can rely on other people now. We have to start picking up more points than we have been. I mean, there are there are winnable games in our final six. There are still, you know, a couple of tough ones there as well. But, you know, we will be playing teams who've got nothing to play for as well. Uh, we're playing teams like Chelsea, who, who are probably there for the taking at the moment. There's the worst form they've been in all season and we're at home. So, you know, there's... It's difficult. I mean, I, you, you think back to kind of past relegation uh, fights. You think back to like '94 and uh, and '98, and like a, a lot of it just just comes down to luck and who you're playing at what time of the season. That's you know, I don't even think often character doesn't play a role because often you, you're in a position because your team lacks character. I think people often think back to 94 and 98 and you think about people like, you know, Ferguson and Horn and Hutchinson and Ebro and people like that. But actually those teams were down there because those players went went high and, actually, and Everton survived on both those occasions just through massive slices of good fortune. So you've got to, you've got to hope that that happens again. That maybe, I don't know, Bernie pick up some injuries that you know, there are, you, you get some weird goal in some in some game. That, that, I think that's what's going to save. And obviously, everyone have to turn up and play like we did today and fight. But if we survive, I think it's going to be down to like those past occasions, like ninety four, ninety eight. It's going to be down to just one of those things. It's just good luck or bad luck if you drop. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Lee? In terms of in terms of Burnley um, and. Do you think that they, I mean, obviously, like I say, it's um, easy. To, well, to say that out of it, they're certainly not out of it. The two points clear of us, and we've got a game in hand, you know. So they're certainly not out of it. They've got a, a much more favourable run from the fixtures. But do you see them as, as as the main the main threat to us now? Or do you think Leeds are going to be sucked in, looking at the fact that they have got after Palace, you've got Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, 
Brighton and, and then we finish off it away at Brentford. Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? For, 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 you know, you'd never have thought, you know, Burnley would have got this strung these results together. They've won four goal, four games all season in the Dyche. Uh, and they've managed to pull, you know, the, the, the irony is, you know, that game, which for me, we threw away at their place. We were in control of that game. We were 2-1 up. And we threw, we threw the points away through absolute schoolboy errors. We won't go over that again, but that could prove to be decisive, that game potentially at their place. Because that, that's one of the worst teams I've seen play in the Premier League, the way they were just launching balls, long throws, everything. It's like a throwback to Stoke, but probably worse. Um, but ultimately, um, it's, it's a tricky one, lads. It's a tricky one because I, I, Burnley, like, like, like Jim just said there, could quite conceivably you know, get a couple more results. Everyone raves about Gerard. I think I think Gerard's done a really botch, no, not botch, but a really average job since he's coming at Villa. You know what I mean? They came to our place. They weren't great at Goodison. They managed to nick a goal from a set piece, one nil, and then he bounces out the ground thinking he's a Rigo Saki. You know what I mean? And uh, with a with a grin on his face, like he's just done some sort of tactical masterclass. But um, they've not been great. Um, and let's not forget, he spent a few quid in the window as well. You know what I mean? Including nicking one of our best players. So. Um, so yeah, so it will be interesting. But for me, we've just got to focus on ourselves and and try and get as many points as possible. Uh, as I said, I fancy is to get you know potentially get something against Chelsea. They've got um, you know a cup final to think about as well. Um, yes, their squad is ridiculous, but we were you know we were completely depleted if you remember and went to Stamford Bridge and got a result. You know and set up very similar to how we did today. Um, so you know I, I do fancy we could potentially get something there with the Goodison crowd. Uh, I thought Leicester was a weird game. I thought we were really unfortunate in that game. Um, you know, Leicester played well, knocked it around nicely, but they played a lot of football in front of us. And, you know, Richardson another day there gets a hat-trick. Um, it was such a weird, bizarre game that we, sh- we probably should have nicked it for chances created. Um, so, look, you know, let, let, like I said, let's, let's try and stay positive. Negativity gets us nowhere here. Gets us absolutely nowhere. We've got to stick together as a fan base. You know, give it absolutely everything. Yes, maybe we lack the characters we've had in the past, you know, the sort of dogs of war teams, things like that. But ultimately, we, you know, we, I, I've been impressed with the way they've committed themselves the last few games. Um, and we've, we've, we've got to give absolutely everything now between now and the end of the season. It's not, not, not the frustrating thing, though. You know, we were looking at, you know, the Newcastle game where we scored so late on, looking at United. Um, obviously, the, we, we stayed in the game against Leicester and got a goal late on. Um, isn't that the frustrating thing that we're we're saying about how the players look more committed, you know, in in, in recent weeks? But isn't that the bare minimum that we asked for? If, if we're that committed all season, we're not in the situation that we're in. Now that that's probably a very basic way of looking at things because you know the human beings they go through a range of emotions, they go through poor form, they they go through issues off the pitch. So it's, it's a very basic basic thing to say. I think it's something that we do say quite often. But that's really frustrating, isn't it? Because we we'd say if I'm playing for the club, then every week I'm playing, I'm giving up 110. It's as simple as that. Because I want to be there, I want to do my best, I want to win for this football team, and that's that's what really frustrates me. Because that that you know this squad on paper, regardless of its shortcomings and issues we've had in, in the transfer market, and and you know maybe a little a little uh, imbalance here and there. You know that side should be nowhere near the bottom three. Let's let's get it right. If you look at that side at the start of the season, we you'd say we were probably 
10, 10 to 12 would be probably about right. We shouldn't be sitting where we are. And that that's that comes from the managerial appointment that was made before the season started. As much as he's moaned this week about what he came into and the fact he got sacked when and his team's always, you know, have, have a good second half of the season, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Issues, a lot of issues around that, a lot of issues that have happened years before. You know, there's a lot of things gone on that have put us into the situation that we find ourselves in, but we shouldn't be where we are. And I keep on saying this on social media, that the time for the post-mortem is, is at the end of the season. So at the moment, our, our sole concentration is backing the lads. Those who are at the game, get behind them. You know, just try and do whatever you can. Lately, you say about creating positivity. I totally agree with that, to try and, to try and be positive. We've got to be realistic as well, but no harm in being positive and backing, backing the lads and, and giving them whatever we can. But whether we stay up or we go down, don't don't uh, don't get get me wrong. There will be a massive massive fallout from this season, in a, in in some way, shape, or form. There has got to be. There's got to be wholesale changes through, you know, the boardroom level. Um, there will be changes on a on a playing staff level. There's already changes afoot in terms of coaching staff. Um, obviously, we've already made a few changes, like the likes of director of football, etc., and the team that he's got. So there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things to happen. But it just frustrates me when, when about the, the commitment side, it really, it really gets to me because they just think, oh no, that's the that's the that's the basic side of football, and that's a, that's the the first thing that we expect as Evertonians and any football fan, to be honest, is the players are committed. Um, but I think I think on the whole, the players have been committed in the main again since Lampard's come in. There's, there's probably a few occasions where you could probably question them, but. I think on the whole they've been committed. Um, the biggest mistake we did, Jim nailed it before. We should have got Rafa really Rafa away before he did. Um, yeah, you know he won one game in fourteen and still still managed to keep his job. Um, you know which was unbelievable. Uh, not just the, not just the fact we hadn't won; it's the way we were playing, the way we were setting up against inferior teams at home, trying to nick points. And you know it was it was it was, it was, it was embarrassing to be honest. And his comments this week, Rafa's in the Athletic the interview with Shearer was, was just absolutely comical. Um, the guy's deluded. Um, he, he's finished. He's finished. He was finished a long time ago. That brand of football sailed away, you know, 15 years ago. Um, you know, although having said that, the irony is we we did we did a, a sort of Jose type part of the bus performance today. But I mean, you know, needs must in these types of games. Um, and anyone criticising Everson for the way he set up today doesn't understand football for me. That's that's the way you set up against a team that's flying. Arguably, potentially, could even do the quadruple, which is scary as hell. I hope to God they don't. Um, but you know they are a top, top, top side. No matter how we dress up, they are. And and you know we've given them a game today, and you know I'm, I'm just unlucky not to get something from it. Yeah, no, I, I, I do, I do agree with 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 all of that. Um, and by the way, what Liverpool did was no concern in me. I couldn't, I couldn't care less. You can win all four as long as we stay up. But I think, you know, fate, fate, fate will tell you that that won't happen either. He won't win all four and we'll stay up, or they win all four and Evan will drop. And that's that's the frightening, the frightening thing. Um, but you know, there's still there's, there's certainly still hope. The you know, it's still as people keep saying in our hands. Um, do you think Leeds are going to peak? Do you do you think Leeds are the one just before we move on to, to Chelsea? Leeds are the one that we've got to we've got to sort of keep a, a close eye on and, and hope they they drop points because I think ju- just before you come in. From my point of view, with those three games you've got after Crystal Palace, which obviously is a big game tomorrow night, so we'll, I'm sure we'll be tuning into that. 
if you start to lose games, a domino effect can happen, can't it? And the pressure then comes on them. I, I think it'll be either Everton or Leeds that, that go. You look at Leeds' goal difference, I think, what, what they're on, minus 30? Uh, yeah, I'm just on the, on the same one. Oh, yeah, so Leeds, Leeds are on... It's good as a point, isn't it? It's, yeah. It so, is, and that's the thing with, with, with Burnley. Burnley have turned it around the last few games. They've they, they gone to minus 16 and we're minus 21. Yeah, so after Palace, I'm I'm, I'm sure they're running. I don't I don't know what the, what the order is, but isn't it City, Chelsea, Arsenal? It's, I think it's it's exactly that running. Uh, to be honest with you, piece. So, so, so for, for for me, it's about how we how we approach the next three games and how how Leeds approach their next three after the the Palace game. And I think whoever comes out of that run with the most points. Will probably have the psychological kick on then to to have success in what might be considered on paper to the, to be the more winnable winnable games. But that's the slight irony with this Everton side. You know, you look at like the, the Man City performance, the performance against United, the performance today against Liverpool. Um, you know, we set up against these sides, you know, really well, and we look competitive, and we look organised, and we look like a team, and you you, you feel proud watching Everton play and you have a bit of belief that we, we can get something or if you don't get something it's because of you know a, a, a terrible decision or you know something's gone against us but then you look at like the Newcastle Newcastle game away or Burnley away you know and, and they were the games that you know really counted where you know a win there would have been a, a deep psychological blow and um, you, you know to, to, to opponents to relegation rivals and I, I think you know, Evertonians, we've got to learn our lesson to looking after the next uh, look, yeah, looking after the next two or three games to the likes of Watford away and seeing it's a dead cert. It's not a dead cert. You know, we've 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 got to um, we've got to get something out of the next couple of games against Chelsea and and Leicester. Otherwise, we, we could find ourselves in a position where we're in the bottom three, Leeds and Burnley have pulled away, and we just can't recover. And that that's my big worry. So. Fingers crossed for Palace, and let's hope we get something next weekend against Chelsea. Yeah, the next two games for us are big. You know, Chelsea, Leicester, obviously two better, well better sides on paper than us. Let's get it right. Chelsea at the, the, the top of you know the top end of the table. Leicester have been a good competitive side. You know, you know since they won the Premier League, really they've really uh, done well, and obviously doing well in in Europe. And they, you know, we saw them this week at Goodison now. How comfortable they are in possession, and we've got a few, you know, some real quality there as well. But we, we've got to, we, we've just got to take one game at a time, and it, it's difficult not to look ahead, and that's what we try not to do. But it's, you know, it, it's when you look at the fixes that Leeds have got, you know, like you said, Peter. At the same time, if they pick up a couple of points out of those those three games, then them themselves, you know, they they probably pull themselves away, and and I'm feeling good about the football, and you know, are likely likely to survive. So. It's a hard so just quickly, mate, just quickly while you're on, I'm just looking at Leicester's fixtures here. So they've got Roma, haven't they, in the uh, Conference League. Now, they're playing Roma on the 5th of May, away from home, second leg, and playing us two days later on the 7th. So that, that, that's not, you know, they're going to put their apps... You know, if you look at Leicester, they played Newcastle before they played us this week. And they, they dropped, they made seven changes. They played their best 11 against us. That was Leicester's best team on paper, bar Jamie Vardy. You know, they had Evans in there, they had Fafana in there, Castagna in there, Pereira in there. 
Yeah, a lot of those players have been injured all season. They've looked really vulnerable whenever Evans has not played. Obviously, I don't rate that so in Chua. Marcy's awful. Um, so, you know, for me, two days gap difference there. You'd assume they're going to put their best team out against Roma. That's their biggest game of the season. You know, so hopefully when, when we play them at their place, you know, there'll be a, you know, a very much a changed side. Now, they have got a reasonable squad, but it certainly won't be the team that rocked up at Goodison the other day. Yeah, that, and, that, and that's it, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it was probably unlucky for us, the fact that we got that side that we got because they are rotating so much, Leicester. Um, but you, all you can do is play the side that you put up against them. That's all we can do. It's going to be difficult going there with our away record and, and against, you know, a decent side. But hopefully the likes of obviously Yeri Mina, who was rested today after after playing on Wednesday, after obviously being out for quite a, quite a while, hopefully he comes back in. Um, and he's he's good for the final the final six games, um, but let, let's let's leave that that chat there. We're gonna have one short one short break, final break, and have a quick chat about our next game, which is a home to Chelsea next Sunday. We're back in about thirty seconds. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, and like I said, it's all eyes now looking looking ahead to Goodison Park on Sunday, where Chelsea are in town, a Chelsea side who are in. In poor form at the moment, you know they're, they're still sitting third in the in the table. Um, snuck a, a win today against against West Ham very very late on. Uh, seems to have a few issues in the camp as well. Judging by, you know, the, I know Rudy was he's turned down a deal and is going to be on his way. Uh, it looks like today on Madrid. Uh, I think Christiansen got injured today in the warm up and they had to make a change. So they got a few issues at the back. <laughs> You know, they, they, they knocked out of the, the Champions League when, you know, I, I watched that game when I was away and, and really they, sh- they should have won that, to be honest with you, against the pretty average Real Madrid side under, under Carlo Ancelotti, who, who was doing well with them, <laughs> by the way. It's not me having a go with Carlo Ancelotti. Um, but not, not, not in great form, are they, Jim, at the moment, Chelsea? And, and that's, what, that's what can give us a little bit of hope going into that game, that we're not facing Chelsea, you know, under... Mourinho in you know his first or second stint at the club, we're, we're facing a, a side with, with a very very good manager, but in a very very difficult period at, at this moment in time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was looking ahead to kind of our fixtures, that was the game that kind of in this this kind of three game block that I was more confident about. Anyway, I thought Lampard would have a point to prove against Chelsea. Um, the, the club itself is going through a lot of uncertainty off the pitch. Uh, Tuchel's encountering his first kind of real stumble um, since he's uh, he joined the club. I mean, they're still a very, very good football team who can probably turn up and and defeat most most uh, sides in the league. But if you kind of wanted to to play Chelsea, kind of any set of circumstances this season, and any manager in charge, I'd say it's having Lampard and it's playing them now and it's playing them at home as well. That that's going to make a big big difference. I mean, I don't think for a minute it'll be a, an easy game. Again, like Everton are going to have to turn up and and play in the same way that that they did against United and, and and against Liverpool today and against City and uh, be very competitive. But you know, I I was I'm, I was more confident about that fixture than about, about Liverpool or even Leicester away. So it's um you know it's it, it's 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 a massive game. I think if we lose it, I think then we're in real trouble. I mean, we're obviously in trouble now, but if we don't pick up three points against them and Burnley Leeds get something, then, you know, 
I think we'd be safe to drop. So it's, you know, it's probably the most important game that we've had this season, if not for years. And if we get something out of it, kind of the, the the psychological impact of that will be huge because you're you're beating one of the best teams in the league, and then then you can go into the Leicester game full of confidence. So it's um, I, you know, I'm not necessarily confident, but it's uh, it's a game I think everyone can certainly win. Ironically, we've played well against the so-called better sides this season. Yeah. Teams that have come on to us, we've actually played better. Um, you know, we've struggled against the teams we're expected to be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think like I said before, I think it's not a bad time to play them. Tuchel's had a lot to deal with at that club in the last couple of months. You know, with obviously everything going on in terms of Abramovich, the you know the purported sale going through, you know the, the fact they couldn't even sell tickets. Um, you know, the, like like you said, Mike, they were very unfortunate to go out against Real Madrid. Real Madrid were excellent at Stamford Bridge. They were very fortunate at, uh, um, at the Bernabeu. So um, I thought, yeah, you know, he, apparently he's going through a divorce Tuchel as well. So I think he's been struggling behind the scenes in terms of that. So. You, know, you could see cracks emerging, couldn't you? He was talking about the pitch, wasn't he, at Stamford Bridge the other day, blaming the pitch and things like that. So it's clearly been getting to him, even though I think he has handled himself very well on the whole. Um, but it's it's an it's, it's an opportunity here uh, to, to have a you know a nibble at Chelsea. I think they are a bit of a wounded animal at the minute. And as I said, all you know, all all their eyes will be on trying to get something out of the cup final. Because let's be fair as well, they were probably the better side in the league cup final and didn't come out with it. You know, it took Kepa to bloody miss a penalty to lose it when they probably should have won that as well. A couple of VAR decisions went for Liverpool then. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a big game. It's a massive game. Every game's a big game now. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a real, for me, it's an opportunity to try and get something. Um, you know, yes, you could probably say it's must win, but it's certainly, you know, must not lose, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got to, we've got to say something from the game, haven't we? Um, like, like, like uh, Jim said, then you know it's it's so important because if we if we don't and, and, and you get the likes of Leeds and Burnley picking up points in their respective games and and they start to get a little bit of a buffer and start to pull away psychologically, it can kill a side, you know. And I think dropping into the bottom three psychologically, I think Pete mentioned that before, you know that's that's a big thing as well. And it's how can the how did the squad react to that? Because for so long we've sort of clung on to not being in that situation and. Getting you know little points here and there and you know the odd win to, to keep us away and and then obviously things things have, have turned now um, over the last the last couple of weeks really and it's how the squad now react to being in that situation does it galvanise them do they think you know six huge games here to 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 keep me at this club you know do they want to be at the club we're going to see you know what if what the characters are really like now and. You know, Lee, you mentioned earlier on that we, we've seen probably a more committed Everton side over the last few weeks. Um, I think that continued today. And and we looked, you know, we, we, we held you know, probably the best side, or one, you know, second best side in the league for, for an hour. And like we've touched on already, we, we should have had, had a couple of decisions go our way, major decisions in that time, which, which could have really seen us be ahead at some point and take something from the game. So we, we, we've got to look at that. We've got to hope that other sides can can help us out along the way, which, again, isn't great. I know it's still in our hands, but, you know, we, we know that the likes of Leeds and Burnley can drop points uh, and we need a favour, I think, to take the pressure off us as well. 
Um, but but Chelsea always a difficult game. Um, whether they're in good form, bad form, Jimmy said, you know, they're one of the sides you can you can put on a performance to turn up anywhere and, and win any, any game against anyone on any given day. So it's never never easy. Um, but you got a bit of confidence, Pete, going into the game, or are you? Do you think it's a it's a do not lose again? Yeah, I think first and foremost it's it's, it's do not lose, isn't it? And the, again, I know I'm probably the most miserable out, out of everybody on the podcast. I can't help it, but there's a part of me that thinks you know Romelu Lukaku's done absolutely nothing in weeks, and you can just see him, can't you? Um, having a part to play. I mean, let let let's hope not. Let let's hope me. My misery is a reaction to the derby, and it's completely unfounded. Um, but you know, like 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 the lad said, like we said before, we we do tend to have put our best performances under Lampard in against the the so-called you know top sides, bigger sides, and you know either we've got something from those games or we've been incredibly unlucky not to. So let's hope he's he's set a bit of a precedent, and you know it's it's clear he knows how to get the sides uh, get you know get, get the team organised and. Up for those kind of games, so let's hope we can pull off another uh, one 0 home winner. That's the Everton in you, that Pete. That's the Everton in you, mate. Don't let it take you down, mate. Don't let it take you down. Lukaku will probably try and bag an own goal because he'll probably want us to stay up. <laughs> he, he probably he hates Chelsea as well. You can just tell he hates him. You know, I mean, they destroyed his career when he was a kid, and now he clearly does want to be there now, does he? Yeah, it's it's not worked out for Lukaku, and and I think the funny thing is with him, I think we had the best of him, didn't we, in the Premier League? We yeah, as an Inter, as an Inter did, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously Inter, it's it's a different league, obviously, but in terms of the Premier League, you know, that, that was prime Lukaku for us. He was exceptional, you know, some of the things that he did, and you know, we could, we could sit here and talk all day about about the uh, the shit he got from Everton fans and things like that. But listen, he, for me, you know, I know people that love their Yakubu and things like that, but. Lukaku's been our best ever striker in the Premier League. What a, what a talent. And it's just, it's funny because United didn't really work for him. He was great at Inter. And he made the mistake of going back to Chelsea when really maybe he should have gone to gone to Spain and, and played his trade there. Um, but yeah, great talents. Hopefully, like like you said, we, he knocks an own goal in um, and, we, and we win the game 1-0. But Pete, Pete's going for a 1-0. That, that's Pete's prediction. I'm bagging that one. So we, we'll put that into the uh, into the machine, Pete. Um Jim, what are you saying? Prediction: Everton, Chelsea. Uh, one nil. One Us. Yeah. The won't goal. Yeah. <laughs> Lee. I'm scoring, but I can also see us scoring. You look at the goals they conceded the other day against Arsenal, against Enketia and stuff like that. It was, it was literally like uh, absolutely horrendous at the back, wasn't it? So, um, so yeah, I think I think we can nick it. I think we can nick it two one. Two one. I'm I'm gonna go into the one nil club, I think. I think I think we can. I do. I think they'll get something from the game, which would be massive. Um and and it's just just important that we do. You know, we you've got to just with it being one game at a time, you've got to put that, that game out of your mind. Now today's gone. Take whatever positives you can take from it. Yeah, you mean it back on the side, um, which which is is big. Ben, you know, Ben Godfrey, unfortunately, today we, we saw that that he, he picked up an injury in the um in the warm-up. Now, I know Frank Lampard has mentioned that he was uh, obviously about the injury. And if you give me one second, I'll just tell you what, what it is. Uh, so, muscle injury. Um, so, they're hoping that it's minor with Ben Godfrey. So, 
whether he makes a week's time against Chelsea remains to be seen. With a player like him who's had a few little issues this this season and a player who relies on speed, it, it's almost you know it's it's inevitable that that, that happens to, to, to quicker players. But hopefully, if it's mine, great could be back in for for Chelsea if not Leicester. But yeah, you mean a back in, um, and you know Fabian Delph might come in maybe. Um, who knows? You know he, he's played the last couple of games. He didn't play today, um, but we'll see. We've got we get a few a few. Fresh legs in. Dominic Calvert-Lewin might be close, might not be close. We, we'll see. Uh, but fingers crossed for a positive performance and, and a positive result. But that's us for this week. Um, Jim, again, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking your time out after what's been a difficult, difficult day for for other episodes once again. No worries. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll get your your link out to your to your books. Anyone wants a a, a good a good laugh and a chuckle and you know, uh, a, a good read. You know, ignore ignore the Everton ones uh, um, for the time being, maybe. But there's some other great books out there as well about uh, football in general, which which is is really really interesting to read as well. So we'll get the link out for them for you, Jim, after the show. And uh, we will catch everyone. He's off on his holidays again, so he has a pop at me for going away for the first time in three and a half years. But Lee's going away again next week, playing a bit of golf uh, and tennis. So. He won't be on the show. Me, me and Peter will be here to hopefully look back on a on a positive Everton performance against Chelsea. So we will we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.